Hi, this is ESPN's Dave Lamont, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome in to the Sports Objective as we have a very special night. As always, one of our favorite times of year of baseball, in this particular case, college baseball. Pirates doing a lot better. We'll be talking about that and looking at the whole landscape of college baseball. And Bubba Rosenbaum, very excited to have one of our favorite guests back. Yeah, no doubt about it, Dave. Um, certainly look forward to any time uh, we have this guy on the program talking college baseball. Caught up with him in the preseason. And um, now I'd like to welcome back in from D1 Baseball, Mike Rooney. Runes, how are you? I'm good. Nice job on the intro, boys. We didn't have that last time I was here. That's sharp. You guys yeah, are stepping your game up, postseason or something. Yeah, it's brand new. We try to keep it as fresh as we can, Runes. And we knew you were coming on, so we, we had to put that new stuff <laughs> on you. you know, nice. we always, when you have guests, you always have to put out your best china. So that's what we're Well said. Well said. <laughs> I uh, wanted to have you on. I was just telling you in the green room, hard to believe, uh, Runes, uh, where has this season gone this year? The college baseball season, I think we were looking forward to it as college baseball fans, but just a couple weekends away and we'll be in tournament time. Yeah, it felt like 2021. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but 2021 kind of felt surreal just because of the pandemic and first season since the pandemic. But I think this year, the surreal part, to your point, Dave, is how fast it's gone. I mean, it's just been a blink. And, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, man, like conference tournaments, like two weeks from today. And it's just uh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. And you guys know how it goes. It's like the regular season goes fast. The postseason goes even faster, it feels like. So uh, buckle our chin straps, I suppose. Or you're muted, Dave. I'm trying to read your lips. Yes, Runes. I was saying uh, he's running around the bases right now. Cal Barber being late, so we're uh, <laughs> he's uh, just. The party doesn't to... start till Kyle Barber shows up. That's how I look at it. That's exactly right. So, uh, drink on, Kyle Barber. Uh, Bubba, I tell you what, with uh, the Pirates, we're looking at actually, actually, Dave. I was I was here on time. You guys just didn't add me to the broadcast. Ah. That's because no, we've had a thousand and one tech issues. Yes, that's correct. And you were joining us. He was joining us literally when the open started. So, uh, but anyway, runes want to talk about East Carolina and uh, certainly I know pirate nation uh, been, it's been a, a nerve wracking season to say the very least. That's the understatement of the century. Pirates start off one and five. We thought that we'd be hosting again, uh, but obviously with our ACE going down as far as with the NCAA, and that's something that Runes have been uh, uh, very upset about with uh, and, and people could say, well, maybe you should be more responsible. But apparently the rumor is, is that it was a supplement he bought from a GNC locally in Greenville and uh, over the counter. And that's what, the reason why he can't play this year. I don't and he probably will never play for I doubt he'll play for East Carolina anymore. But 
Um, that was just a real, uh, I, I have my, it's a whole nother show, as they say, but I'm not a big fan of the NCAA and especially selective. Sometimes they go harsh on players mm-hmm. or universities and programs. And sometimes uh, they're very lenient. There's not consistency. Yeah, I would say it's tricky. Like, I think we're all heartbroken for the Pirates and heartbroken for the kid. Now, you know, by all accounts, Carson Wisenhunt's probably going to be a high pick anyway. And it's a it's a lesson learned um, headed into professional baseball. You know, as I understand it, the rule for these type of supplement violations is oh, it's always been harsh. Like this is something they've always took a hard line on. Um, and, you know, I think it's not a secret for a college athlete. Like if you're if you're taking something, somebody you should ask for help. But all that said, I mean, if all of us were, you know, held accountable for all of our actions at age 21, you know, like that, that wouldn't have turned out great for me either. So, um, you know, it's one of those things, but I'll tell you, there is precedent. That's interesting. The, um, if you look at the, I'm not saying East Carolina is going to win the national championship this year. I'm not, not saying it either, but my, my analogy I'll give you guys is 2008 when Fresno state won the national championship, they had a kid Tanner Shreppers who was their ace and he was their headline guy and he pitched through a part of the regular season and then he had uh, an injury and Fresno State went on their run without him. And that kid ended up being a first round pick. So it's not like you, you know, it's not like we've never seen in college baseball before somebody loses a really good arm and you can't do something really special. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, my, my problem with this, is, Mike, is. You mentioned back, you know, when Fresno State lost somebody because of injury, and that's a little different than suspension. My problem is, and, and, and believe me, I, I you don't have to comment on this. You just let me – you can leave it on the floor when I say what I'm going to say. Uh, you can't take the NCAA serious anymore. When, when you when you got a, a athlete that is biologically a male competing in a women's sport and winning um, all sorts of championships and breaking all kinds of records, and you tell me homeboy can't take a supplement, you kiss my ass. I mean that that that's that's moronic and stupid. Uh, then then you got uh, another player who's making a million dollars to to do a car ad or or because uh, back you know back, back to what SMU got the death penalty for now you know you can do legally and and, and now because because uh, Wisenhunt took a supplement and it had the wrong thing in it he suspended for the year. The NCAA is a joke. It's it's a friggin' joke. And as as we were just reading earlier. Um, in regards to football, the NCAA is, is considering lifting all scholarship and coaching limits. So mm-hmm. you got somebody like Alabama, if that happens, can have 200 players on scholarships and 40 coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so part is interesting. Yeah, that part's I, – I, you know, it's funny. I, the scholarship limit thing could really help baseball, clearly. Like, that could really help us. I hadn't thought about the football thing um, man, they got a lot of scholarships already. That that's going to be interesting. But yeah, I mean, they, if they lift scholarship limits and and coaching limits, clearly baseball, we would that would be um, that would be a good day for college baseball. I think. You know, in a way, it would. Mike and, and East Carolina invest in their baseball program, but then you you take somebody. I'll use an in-state example like North Carolina that's got unlimited funds. That's just going to be able to that point out bias, kind of kind of like they do in football now with the P5 and the TV contract with the media deals, if, if you unlimited scholarships and coaches in baseball, yeah, we, we, we put money into baseball because we, we care about baseball. 
but the 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 schools like North Carolina, like Mississippi State, you know, schools that already have money, it's going to give them an even bigger advantage. So to me, it's a mixed bag in baseball. It's nothing yeah. but negative for football, in my opinion. And I, I know tell you guys this. Yeah, I tell you guys this on the scholarship part, though. Like, like you know, like it's a great example, Kyle. Like, think about Arkansas, and Mississippi State. But I would argue this. No one's beaten them on players in recruiting anyway now. Like Arkansas offers a kid 25%, they get them. Mississippi State offers a kid 25%, they get them every time. But I'll tell you where where the East Carolinas of the world, like you guys are still going to get players because you're, you're going to invest and the program's great, the crowds, et cetera. But, you know, at the end of the day, baseball players want to play. And that, you know, that could lead us to a different part of the conversation. But one of the things that's going on in college baseball this year that's so interesting is kids that have left power programs because they're just like, look, I want to play. I don't want to be the fourth outfielder at, you know, the fourth ranked school in the country. I want to be top of the order, play every day guy. And so that's where it gets interesting is I think the transfer thing actually net net helps people because baseball players want to play because you ain't getting drafted if you're not getting at bats and innings. Now, Runes, that's a conversation we were actually having off the air, um, but it pertained more so to, to football because, you know, back in the day when you could have unlimited scholarships, you had Oklahoma, Alabama, and people like that uh, with all the resources funding 200 scholarships and putting guys on scholarship just so they wouldn't go to uh, their rival and uh, biggest yeah. competitors. But uh, I'll tell you where I would want to see that go, Bubba, is I'm sorry to cut you off, but I think it's a what you guys are bringing up is a fair point. I hadn't even like my brain hasn't even addressed. You know, I haven't even thought about the football thing. But if we go unlimited scholarships in baseball, guys, we definitely need roster limits because you are exactly right in the 70s and 80s. You know, like Patsy Brock, who's wonderful. She lives out here in Arizona and her husband was Dr. Jim Brock, Hall of Famer won national titles at Arizona State. She said, I heard her say on a podcast, hey, we would put kids on scholarship just so they didn't go to U of A to play at Arizona, right? So we can't go there. Like like maybe the scholarship limit's 40 or I'd like to see us have a fall scholarship limit where, because right now, like if you bring in 70 kids in the fall and you cut 25 of them, those 25 kids are done for the year in division one. They got to go to JUCO. And so I'd like to see us, you know, it doesn't have to be 25, like, Make the limit 45, something reasonable, because I get it. The draft is hard to predict and all that stuff. But I, I think you're right. Like just a, you know, like no regulation is is chaotic, but I would like to see us loosen the reins for sure. And no the, point I brought, the point I brought up very quickly, Dave, is kind of where uh, runes went just a couple minutes ago as far as kids wanting to play. I said, would, would the kids, you know, go to Alabama, Oklahoma, insert uh, brand name of your choice, um, would they go there for, for the money and be content with riding the bench? Or would they go somewhere else where they're not not getting as much potentially and you know and um, yeah. and choose to uh, to play. So well you guys are initial... as good as you guys are, the kids that are willing to ride the bench, they can't play for Cliff Godwin and ECU anyway, right? Like the you the, the kids that, that are good pirates are the kids that Man, like they're not in the lineup one day and they're ready to pull their hair out. So it hey, it'll be interesting. I do feel it feels yeah. net positive to me in baseball, but man, I mean, you guys know we are in uncharted waters in college athletics right now. I, I think overall, Bubba, to answer your question, from my opinion, I think it's both. I think you, you'd have a lot of kids, and we're talking. We're and I know we'll get focused back just on baseball, but talking all sports. I agree. I agree. Kyle. I agree. Kyle. 
I, I, th- I think you'll have kids that will initially go to Alabama because they're Alabama, get the money, and then after two years decide to screw this and transfer out and get in that transfer portal. I, I think it's going to create more chaos in the transfer portal. I think it's going to be a mess. And personally, in, in, in regards to football, and again, we need to get on baseball, uh, I, I think it's going to cause, if they do that, I think it's going to cause a split in football. I think we're going to I think we're going to see uh, potentially three levels of Division One football. Right now, there's two FBS and FCS. I think if it happens, I think we're going to see three levels of Division One football. But let's get back to baseball. Hmm. Yeah, I think with the yeah, I, I really think with uh, baseball runes, uh, we were talking about the coaching uh, situation. Uh, we have, you know, with uh, our coaches, we have the like Kyle was saying, we invest in baseball, and so we have the ability to have an extra coach or two in there, which I think would be fantastic. And I agree with you about the scholarship. Uh, deal. We don't have enough now, but you don't want to get too much. And then when uh, baseball, another issue I want to bring up, Runes, with you is uh, your thoughts on, I've heard a lot of national talk on by NIL, and would that ever trickle down to baseball? Uh, do you ever see like baseball, like all of a sudden, oh, yeah. getting uh, big money? Because some people are saying it's just going to be basketball and football only. Um, but I think baseball that people, probably already has. Yeah, I would say I'd say yes for sure it'll happen in baseball. You know, I think it's going to mostly happen in the SEC. Here's the here's the ace in the hole we have in baseball though is that if you were going to have NIL money, like who do you give it to? Like does clip, you know, let's let's go back in time, right? Like does does ECU get a bunch of NIL an NIL money ready for Mike Trout and then he signs. So it's like Okay, well, what then? What do we do with the money? So it's so I think that's the that's a little bit of a of a guardrail we have in baseball. And you know, I what I've heard from baseball coaches is that hey, most of the families, most of the baseball families are not in it for nil money because you know they're not going to make as much nil money as the Alabama quarterback. But what they would like is to have college paid for. They they would that what they like is to have no loans. And you know, I've made this point. I'm not picking on Arkansas because I, I love their program. I love how passionate they are, but think about it. Arkansas has a $30 million player development center, $30 million. But I bet you 80% of their roster is on student loans. So it's like, what are we doing? Right? Like we, we, you know, they, they work out in the Taj Mahal and then they're going to have student loans 10 years from now. So, you know, I, again, it's, it's going to be so interesting. Uh, There's so many moving parts to all this stuff. But I, I will say this, the thing that gives me encouragement is our game is in great shape. Our game is growing. MLB is, you know, deferring to college baseball in a lot of ways. There's better players making it to campus. There's a lot of positives. Mike, um, if we shift to talking nationally, and I don't know what direction we're trying to go with everything. Uh, I joined kind of late, but uh, just going to jump on East Carolina and we'll backtrack and go back all over the place here. But um mm-hmm. The Pirates have jumped in the RPI, according to Ward Nolan, into the 30s. Had a nice win over Duke last night, despite them struggling to still an ACC school. I think we're we're at uh, we at 30 or 31 wins now, guys. 31. 31. Okay, so we're 31 wins. Um, what more do we need to do to secure an at-large uh, in case we don't win the conference tournament? I I think um, 35 would probably do it. I would say it's a good question. You know, it's it's one of those things where there. 
part I, I'm going to give you an answer, but it, you know, you guys know how this goes. It's an unanswerable question because it doesn't happen in a vacuum. You know, it really depends on how many upsets are there in conference tournaments, those types of things. You know, the the let's start with the bad news and then we'll get to the good news. The bad news for ECU is the top of the resume isn't great. You know, two and seven versus top fifty teams. And you know, like that's that's not great. But the RPI is very good, thirty-five. That works. Um, the you know, the, it looks like they're going to win the American regular season championship. And I would tell you guys that I think the committee values regular season championships. I think that's a big deal to the committee. So if you're ECU and you can just continue to lock the like, I think that's the job for ECU right now. Win the, the conference, be the regular season champion. If you do that, because, you know, looking at this, the games left on the schedule, they can't fix the two and seven versus top 50. That's not, you know, that hay is already in the barn. But if they can be the American champs and have any have an RPI in the mid thirties, I, I like your chances. And uh, you said we're gonna the latest projection is East Carolina going to Charlottesville. Good omen, yeah, going to yeah Kendall and and Mark Etheridge and, and Aaron Fit put that out today. So it's Charlottesville, which you know of course is the scene of the crime from twenty sixteen. And uh, who was the catcher by the way then Watkins was that his name Travis Watkins. Watkins. <laughs> Did he walk off that regional, or he just hit a yeah. big home run? He, he yeah. walked off with his UVA. Oh, yeah, man. and UVA was the defending national champs, right? Correct. Yeah, on their home field. Oh, that's great. And then yeah, we had to the Mary Bubba. Yeah, it was game two. Of the re- it was um, East oh. Carolina's second game. It was the winners bracket game on the Pirates had beaten Bryant, and then UVA had beaten, uh, I guess, William and Mary. Yeah, William so, and Mary was in there. Yep, yep. yep. I think somebody had us in the, in the Maryland regional with Maryland hosting Vandy as a two seed and us as a three seed. Yeah, um, I will we, tell we you guys the hosts, the hosts are a hot mess right now. Like it is, you know, it is really hard to pick sixteen hosts. Um, now, you know, of course, we'll get more clarity over as the, over the next two weeks. But you know, the Charlottesville thing. You know, Connecticut's in there as a two seed. East Carolina. Davidson was in there as the four seed. I like you said, Kyle. I've heard Maryland. Maryland has not a good facility, but I do hear they're going to try and host and they're going to try and dress it up. Um, you know, Virginia Tech is a lock to be a host. That's another option for ECU. There won't be a host site in the Carolinas. So, um, yeah. Hey, at this point, you just want to be in, right? Like where you get sent is all gravy. I kind of prefer to be sent out west somewhere, somewhere that. You know, they don't know us, uh, although we do own Maryland. So uh, if history kind of is an indicator of anything, that might be a good spot for us. Especially Cooch the perfect game uh, yeah. there was there uh, in 2019 at Maryland. Yep. Now, really, yes. you, you talk ahead, about the Virginia Tech Hokies, um, tremendous season. And, uh, man, can those guys swing the bats? So just talk about your impression of Virginia Tech. They're up to the top five or knocking on the door right now. Yeah, really, really good. I mean, they're very impressive. Now, their head coach, Sean Sheff, you guys remember, he was the coach at Maryland when they went to those back-to-back Super Regionals in 2014 and 2015. And what Virginia Tech has is they've just got a very athletic, dynamic position player group. Their shortstop, Tanner Schobel, is like a Pedroia clone, little guy who's just a baller. Their center fielder, Gavin Cross, is a six foot three left handed hitter who's going to be a first round pick. Their right fielder, this kid, Jack Hurley, 
is like um he'd be like the Tasmanian devil playing baseball. Like he looks like I, I've said he could be an Olympic decathlete. Like it's you know, could do a backflip on command, just a crazy athlete. They're just really, really athletic all over the field. So it plays offensively and defensively. On the mound, they got just enough. Kind of an older, crafty bullpen. If you guys remember Christian Hackenberg, who was the quarterback at Penn State and then was drafted by the Jets. Um, so they their best pitcher is this kid, Drew Hackenberg, who's the youngest of the four Hackenberg brothers. One, one of the brothers is in professional baseball, played at Clemson. The other one was Christian, who played in the NFL. The other one's a professional soccer player. So this is the baby of the family, and he's really good. He's a true freshman. So Virginia Tech's interesting. They've got just enough pitching. Um, I like that coaching staff, and, and their position player group's pretty special. What about the, as far as uh, the ACC is concerned? Uh, who else do you like in the ACC? Yeah, the ACC is really interesting because it's the top is really, you know, there's some really good teams at the top. Louisville is very good, but they're very lopsided. It's a great offense. Louisville has really struggled on the mound. Notre Dame is very similar to last year, just kind of very old, skilled team. Um, they do have a really good arm in John Michael Bertrand. Um, so I, I get to the, t the top of the, the ACC, Louisville, Notre Dame. Miami, Virginia Tech, Virginia. All five of those teams have a chance to, to host. Um, and I think they're all Omaha caliber. Virginia, a little light on the mound, very good position player group. Miami, um, they're more balanced. They're, they're, you know, they've got, I'd say, the best closer in the country. This kid, Aaron Drew Walters, his numbers are just bonkers. They've got just enough pitching. Their position player group's interesting. Miami's kind of the most balanced of that group. And then you've just got a bunch of teams that, you know, they could – they could get an easy. They could miss. I mean, Florida State's kind of bubblish. North Carolina State bubblish. Wake Forest, Clemson, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, North Carolina. The only two teams in the ACC who are just dead in the water are Boston College and Duke. Everybody else has got a chance, but there's definitely two clicks to it. And I would tell you guys, like, you know, Georgia Tech's the poster child for that league. Georgia Tech's got an Omaha offense. And they've they're they're just really struggling on the mound and defensively. I mean, it's, it feels like nine DHs on the field. Um, they're just they, and so that you know every game is ten eleven nine eight. Though that's a hard way to live. So um, ACC is interesting, but very deep. Runes back to East Carolina for a moment. Um, and just in just a general, a uh, not just East Carolina, it would apply to Davidson also, um, and some other schools. How much do the committee value regular season conference championships? Well, you know, Kyle, like every committee's different. So, like, if I was on the committee, I'd value it big time. Like, I think it matters. So, I, I think it always matters. The, the thing that gets a little tricky in today's age, this does not apply to ECU. It does apply to Davidson is, you know, today's leagues are not the ones that we grew up on 20 years ago. Like, unbalanced schedules and, you know, like Miami's a great example of that, guys. I don't think anybody thinks Miami's the best team in the ACC, but they're winning the league by two games, but they haven't played the same schedule as everybody else. And now their schedule's a little bit backloaded here. So I think it matters. I think it's, you know, particularly if you're Davidson, you know, more particularly ECU, because I think if Davidson doesn't win their conference tournament, they're just toast. But um, winning the conference tournament, I think, is really, really important. And, and, you know, it becomes maybe your most important data point. And uh, Runes, we were talking about with uh, the ACC. What about 
uh, a league that uh, always does very well the SEC. I'm sure they're going to get a lot of bids as usual. Yeah, although it's interesting. Like, if you made me make a bet right now, Dave, I would bet you that the ACC gets more bids than the SEC. It has been oh. – yeah, it's been an interesting year in the SEC. And, and you know, don't get me wrong. They still have great players. Um, they're going to factor in this thing. You know, you've got Tennessee having a historic season. The one thing – the one thing – and East Carolina can sympathize or empathize with this. One of the things that's happened in the, in the SEC is pitching injuries. You know, Florida lost Barco. South Carolina has been decimated on the mound. Kentucky lost their ace, Cole Stupp. Arkansas lost Peyton Paulette. Um, you know, uh, Auburn just lost Hayden Mullins. Uh, you just go, you know, Alabama, Connor prelipped out. Mississippi State lost Landon Sims. So it's interesting. Like, I, I would tell you that I think Mississippi State and Missouri are toast as far as the NCAA tournament. But everybody else is still mathematically alive. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But outside of Tennessee, you've got good teams in the SEC, but it's not a it's not a vintage year in the SEC because of the pitching injuries. And moving on, what about uh, we try to move around really quick as we can? Sure. You know, you've been on with us for a while now, but what about the Big 12? How do, what do you think there? Yeah, I love the Big 12 this year. I think it's a really fun league. I think, you know, it, it, it's it's not like the ACC and the SEC where the Big 12 is clearly top-heavy. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's having a great year. They have a really fun team. You know, they're, they're one of those teams that's very balanced. They've got a kid, Griffin Dorsheen, who, you know, six foot five, 250 pounds, and just hits monster bombs. And, you know, they've got a real ace in Justin Campbell. So Oklahoma State feels like the class of the league. And then TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, West Virginia, and Texas, those are the, the five other potential regional teams. And I would tell you guys that, like, you could just throw them in a hat and week to week, you don't know what you're getting. I think Texas is the best team of, of that group. But the truth is, guys, Texas is in sixth place right now. Like, they're 11 and 10 in the league. Um, they've got an RPI of 18. I, I think Texas is very talented, but this is yet another team. They lost their Sunday starter, Tanner Witt, out for the year with Tommy John, and they just, they're, they're, they've just they really struggled in game threes. So, uh, you know, I, the, the Big 12, I think, will be a factor in the, in, in the NCAA tournament, but it, it's really a top-heavy league. And we have, if you want to put your questions, comments, up for Rooney tonight, for Mike Rooney. Uh, we have one for Craig here on Facebook, and I'll put it up here for you. What is a team that is having a great season that's flying under the radar, Runes? Man, a great season that's flying under the radar. I would say, um, I'll go West Coast on you guys. UC Santa Barbara is, is that team in that the Big West is not having a good season, but the UC Santa Barbara is with they don't have a conference tournament with three weekends left. They've just about clinched the leg. It's over pre pretty much. Um, I really like their team. This will be their third straight regional. Um, but because of the West coast and the RPIs are not a good, you know, the RPIs are a struggle bus out there. So um, you see Santa Barbara is a little bit under the radar. You know, you talk about teams like Texas state and UConn are having really good seasons. I don't know how under the radar they are, but those are really good teams also. And Bubba, I think, is having some technical difficulties. He's on YouTube. Talk about Tennessee, their demeanor, swagger under Tony Vitello. Plus talk about Ben Joyce throwing 28 pitches of 103 to 105 miles an hour. That was nuts. 
Coach Godwin would be very proud of Bubba right now. Like that's just that's the find a way mentality. The technology kicks him off, but he gets in the chat. Um, so here's what I've been telling guys, people about Tennessee. It reminds me of Miami football in the 1980s, where man, it's brash, it's in your face. There's you know not a lot you know there's a lot of smack talking on the field, but they back it up. They're really good, really really good. Um, very complete. They can beat you any kind of way. They're nearly impossible. I'll tell you guys, you want to ask me the reason you don't want to get sent to Knoxville. Don't get sent to Knoxville. If you get that invitation, lose it and hope for another one because they are impossible to play at that yard. You know, um, uh, Bub asked about Ben Joyce, the reliever. I mean, it's fascinating, right? Junior college kid, fourth year, Tommy John surgery um, in, in, a couple years ago. He's only thrown 40 college innings in four years. But, I mean, it's BBs, you know, just 100, 103, 105. I mean, you guys have seen it. Two weekends ago against Auburn, he's landing his breaking ball for a strike. They've got some six-year veterans in that bullpen. I mean, Tennessee checks every box. they got four elite rotation kids. I mean, they're – and, hey, here's Tony Vitello. The, the, the analogy I'm giving everybody for, that, for him is he's John Calipari in, of baseball where, you know, he's just blossomed as a head coach. He's an elite recruiter. And, you know, he's winning a lot of games and people don't like it. You know, the, the people don't like it. The, what, what's the old expression? They only tackle the guy with the ball. So um, Tennessee, it, it, they have been fun to follow this year. Burns, you mentioned Texas State a minute ago. And uh, as a team that may be flying under the radar a little bit um, out of the Sun Belt, uh, you look at the Sun Belt, Georgia Southern, um, a good baseball program, and they're having a really good year, probably yeah. going to be a host team. Um Hey, talk about the Sun Belt just in general. Always a strong league. Louisiana's always good. Uh, South Alabama's always good. Coastal Carolina obviously won a national championship. And now next year, you're going to add uh, Southern Miss into that group and ODU. Um, yeah. Where do you think that puts the Sun Belt next year in terms of baseball leagues? Yeah, it's got a chance to be a great league. You know, the only thing I would tell you guys, though, is that remember when Coastal went to the Sun Belt and we were all like, oh, my gosh, the Sun Belt's going to be like a four-bid league for from now on. And the truth is the Sun Belt's been a one-bid league. Now, I will tell you that the pandemic and how Major League Baseball has shrunk access to, to the minor leagues, that's helping leagues like the Sun Belt. Like you brought up, Kyle, Texas State. I watched them play. I watched them take two out of three from a really good Arizona team on the road. Texas State's nine starters, there are six players, six of the nine are in their fifth year of college or older. So those are old, skilled players who have seen it all. Texas State's got a competent rotation, not dominant, but they've got two really good relievers. They've got a kid, Tristan Dixon, who's a junior college shortstop, throw sidearm, really, really good reliever. And they got a kid, Tristan Stivers, who's got like a big league breaking ball. So, you know, those teams are never going to be as deep as the power four teams. But Texas State's a real team. You, you, if you're right-handed, you got a bunch of right-hand hitters, you're not going to like playing Texas State. They're good. Runes, one of the things we talked about, the future of the American, uh, having uh, some of the programs coming in. We were talking about with Rice and different ones. Are there program? Do you uh, see the baseball improving as far as the number of bids? I know it's been down because of play, but – Losing UConn really hurt the league. Yeah, I would say um, it's funny. I'm Googling the uh, – the. I, well, I said this on our podcast recently, like with all these this like, conference all these reaffiliation. Conference, yeah. It's, it's like, Rice, UCSA, Charlotte, UAB. Yeah. Uh, 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 Rice, uh, 
Yeah, North Texas. Yeah, I'll tell you my cheat sheet, Kyle, is Wikipedia's got a really good page to help you because <laughs> it's like, sorry, not sorry on having to memorize all this stuff, right? It's like crazy. Yeah. But I, I, I'll I personally tell you guys, think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I personally think, okay. I'm sorry. I, I personally think that uh, losing UConn did hurt. But, you know, I, I, the American to me, East Carolina, Tulane, Houston, we're, we're, we're going to be losing Houston. Um, I think overall, if Rice can, you know, you, you think at some point Rice is going to get back mm-hmm. to, to respectability. I mean, you, you go from being a national championship, you know, in 03 to, God, what are they now, like a 12-win team this year? So there's, there's bound to be changes abound there. Um, Charlotte's program's on the way up. I, I think the American will probably tick up slightly in baseball with the teams coming in. I would agree with that because if, if I understand it right, you guys, it, it'll be ECU. Memphis has got potential. South Florida clearly. Um, Tulane, very good program. Wichita State. I I still am optimistic on Wichita State. They're not having a good year this year. But then you know, like UAB under Casey Dunn. I mean, they they've got a series win over uh, Southern Miss this year. Florida Atlantic's an outstanding program. Charlotte is a program on the rise. Clearly, you know, Rice. I mean, it's in the middle of Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas is one of the best amateur baseball areas in the country. You know, it's top three for sure. UTSA is having a very nice season. So I think you're right. Like, I think at first when the changes happened, I was disappointed for the American, but I'm much more optimistic now than I was. No question about it. We, uh, You're a West Coast guy. What, what are things, uh, what are teams out in the West with obviously the Pac-12 and what other uh, leagues are you looking at? Yeah, so um, UC Santa Barbara is the class of the Big West, and they'll be a very dangerous team. If you remember last year, they were in the Tucson Regional, and they bombed Oklahoma State twice. They end up losing to Arizona, but, man, they ran Oklahoma State off the field twice, beat them like 27-4 to four in two games. And so UC Santa Barbara would be very good. Grand Canyon and the WAC is excellent. Um, they're a very, very dangerous team. They're a team that could get an at-large bid right now. They're they're kind of uh, dominating the whack. They've got they're I think Grand Canyon seven and three against Power Five teams. So they they've had a really good season. Um, you know, in the WCC, Gonzaga has got great pitching. Um, UC San uh, UCSD, UC University of San Diego, Chris Bryant, Bryant's alma mater has a really good team. And then in the Pac-12, it, it's it's similar to the Big Twelve. Oregon State is elite, elite, elite. Like, you could make an argument they're as good as Tennessee. I don't think that's the case, but they're right there. You know, it, it's those are the two best teams in the country, clearly. Um, and then Stanford, Arizona, UCLA, and Oregon is the next group of teams in the Pac-12 that could get into the NCAA tournament. And I, I think all four will, actually. But um, that that's, you know, if you ask me who's the best team out there, it's Oregon State by a wide margin. Hey, Grand Canyon is interesting. I was just looking at the MRPI 40. Um, I swear to God, didn't that used to be an online school, just like an online only that you could get a degree from, like University of Phoenix? Yeah. I swear it used to be. Yeah, um, I'm surprised what? TCU hasn't sued them over their logo. It looks like the TCU logo without the frog. Oh, the, the, the Lope? No, their nickname is the Lopes, the Antelopes. I'll tell you, it's funny. Yeah, I just uh, thought of the GCU. It looks just – it's the same font, same color, oh, and everything. It's the GCU. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't. So Grand Canyon was actually a school. It's in a rough part of Phoenix. They they went basically almost declared for bankruptcy in 2006, and then they they just went for broke on that online education, and they were printing money. You know, like it. They they nailed it, 
and they became a for-profit university. And so they, that place went from downtrodden to gorgeous. Their basketball arena, guys, is so nice that the Phoenix Suns train there in the preseason. Their baseball facility would blow your mind. The concourse looks like a SEC concourse. They, they, I, I was there last night doing a game. They played Arizona State. They, uh, they have a video board in right center field, like one of those fancy pants video boards. I mean, this place is amazing. So, um, yeah, they're, they went from a broke as a joke to the penthouse. Interesting. I wonder if they have any thoughts about football and joining the Mountain West. I mean, yeah, when, you, when you talk about that, making that kind of money, you, you figure that's down the road. It's, it's got to be on somebody's mind. Yeah, I think they've toyed around with it, but football is so expensive. But it's interesting. Like, they started a golf team, and they didn't have anywhere to play, so they bought a golf course. They bought their own golf course. So they, they got money to spend. It's funny. Craig Chomps said, it sounds like Liberty with the online funds driving the engine. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know much about Liberty's operation, but I've oh. seen their baseball field, and it's outrageously nice. And so I, I think that's a fair analogy. Runes, they have a lot of rich uncles there. Uh, <laughs> Got a lot uh, of them rich, uncle, rich uncles. <laughs> uh, Bubba has another question for you. What uh, does Southern Miss, who was top five at one point, need to do to secure host? Well, they got to get healthy, and they got to they got to get back on it. You know, they've lost back to back weekends, and last weekend they lost to Old Dominion at home. So, so they were out. They were without two of their most important hitters, Reese Ewing, their three hole hitter, and then Slade Wilkes. Two left handed hitters were out. Wilkes is back, but DHing. Reese Ewing, their three hole hitter, is out right now. Southern Miss can really pitch. It's an old position player group. I still really like them, but man, the the, the their hosting situation is getting really dicey. I would say Southern Miss has to get back on it this weekend. They've they've spent their two mulligans. As far as the uh, before we let you go, I want to ask you about you have. I know it's way too early, but do you have like lock picks for people if they were betting like a like the uh, the Derby they like this past weekend? I guess it's kind of like that with college baseball. Do you have any locks as far as teams you definitely think will make uh, Omaha? It's funny you asked that question, Dave. My brother, who you know only follows college baseball a little bit because you know he's related to me, um, but he does like to place an occasional wager. And so he sent me some teams like, "Hey, what?" You know, and he was looking at the odds. He's like, "Hey, what do you think of Oklahoma State, Arkansas, and um, I forget who the other team?" He asked me, maybe maybe Vandy. I can't remember, but um, you know, the two locks are like. It's funny, you know, we call them eight for Omaha, eight for Omaha's, and I've been saying it's really seven for Omaha because there's nobody beating Tennessee in Knoxville. That that ain't happening. Even last weekend that Tennessee lost to Kentucky, you know, it was a rainstorm. Kentucky's field plays huge. The Tennessee players look like they were just not super interested. Um, they, Tennessee's virtually unbeatable in Knoxville. Now, of course, we said that about Arkansas last year too, but that said, um, Oregon State's another one, but you're just not going to get a good price on those teams. I think Arkansas is a team like if you're doing the the odds wager, they're just starting to f- find it offensively. I like Arkansas a little bit. Um, another wager I might make would be on some of that the kind of second tier ACC teams. Maybe a place a wager on like a Virginia or a Louisville, somebody like that. Those two teams are really interesting. Um, and then, hey, like, you know, the Big West, is there no strangers to Omaha? Maybe you throw a little little shackle on uh, UC Santa Barbara or somebody like that. What about somebody like Texas Tech? They always seem to screw around and end up in at least a Super and a World yeah. Series. They don't ever do anything once they get there, but they always seem to somehow end up in the World Series. I like where your head's at, Kyle. I would just lose the Tech and go Texas. 
Because I think you're okay. right. Tech, tech, you're right. Tech always does that, but they're just too thin this year. It's not, it's not, it's not the tech team that you guys saw in 16. They're just, they're, they're they got killed in the draft last summer. They're down on the mounds. I mean, they, you know, they're just they're good because they're good, but their roster's not as good as it's been. But Texas is a team where you know you get in the postseason and maybe you don't need as much pitching. Um, and their position player group, hey, guys, Texas is in the top 10 in the country in, in home runs. Like the old Augie Garrido, bunt them over. Like they ain't bunting for nobody. Like they're, they're, that, that Ivan Melendez kid's going to win golden spikes. He's got 25 home runs in that graveyard. Wow. What's a team that you um, that you that, that doesn't have a winning record? That, that, or maybe they're, they're, they don't have a shot at, at an at-large at all or to win their conference championship that you would be very weary of come conference tournament time of winning the conference tournament and getting in that way. Yeah. The team that came to mind when you asked that question, Kyle, actually, and this is why I've been banging the drum, like the Big West is the only league in the country that doesn't have a conference tournament. The only league. And and Long Beach State is sitting there under 500 and starting to play better. Remember, Long Beach State beat Mississippi State in a series in Starkville to open the season. Now they they've just been a hot mess ever since, but they they, they just had a kid their their Sunday starter just threw a no hitter the other day, and so Jerron Watts Brown. So you know Long Beach State is that team. I, I, like I'm going to tweak your question to make it more convenient, Kyle. Like Georgia Tech, how about this? Georgia Tech is 12 and 15 in the ACC right now. That ain't good. Like that. Like they got one series left. Like you talk about playing under pressure, and and but they also have a very good RPI they got a ton of quality wins you know Georgia Tech's got an Omaha offense and they just man they can't stop anybody so but you know they would be very inconvenient to play in a regional because that offense is scary yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how the the Pirates do uh, the rest of college baseball I'd love to have you back on hopefully in the the postseason I know this is the busiest time of year for you but we appreciate you spent carving out the time for us and uh tell everybody where they can find your work. We obviously love to listen to your podcast for sure. Yeah. So yeah, all the podcasts I'm doing are on D one baseball. And you know, I, I try to promote everything on my Twitter account, Mike underscore Rooney. Another cool thing. If you have Sirius XM, Mike Farron and I do a, a show called this week in college baseball on the ESPN, U channel college 84. You wow. can listen to it on demand and we do it on Thursday nights. Mike's awesome. He's a big league broadcaster who loves college baseball. So that's really fun. And then, you know, and then the postseason, we'll get to do squeeze play, from the studio um i'll get to do the selection show so it's uh yeah boys it's disappointing that there won't be a regional in greenville this year but this is probably better for the pirates kind of lying in the weeds playing their best baseball this is this is probably as it should be mike um, i got so- one more question for you as we wrap this up um you just mentioned doing a show on sirius xm uh this week in college baseball over the last 10 years, how much would you say college baseball has grown from an interest standpoint nationally? You know, you, you're doing a show on Sirius XM. I'm sure that wasn't the case 10 years ago. Yeah, oh, exponentially. So I'll, I'll answer it two ways, Kyle. Like Sirius XM, one of the reasons they, they put this show in play this year is because when they surveyed their audiences, their fans, the number one sport that came back as we'd like to see you have more coverage of is college baseball. And now, again, it, I'm not saying college baseball is more – popular than football and basketball, you know, Sirius XM is drowning people in football and basketball coverage, obviously, but that was really cool. And then I would tell you, you know, 
in 2009 when I started with ESPN, you know, you would do a baseball game and you'd be lucky to hear from somebody the day before the game. Like, hey, what should we talk about now? It's, you know, like if, if you're doing an SEC game, I remember like I was in Charlotte getting ready to do a studio show. Um, and the, the morning of the show, we had a meeting that they call them production meetings and 28 people rolled into the room. And I was looking at like, wow. it, is, am I in the wrong? Is this the football meeting or what the heck? And, you know, like before the pandemic, they started bringing us to Charlotte for the preseason meeting, the, the seminar like they used to. So I, it's a long way of saying that, yeah, like people are geeked up about college baseball. The interest level has grown exponentially. I think ESPN Plus has had a lot to do with that. Woo. Yeah, and it's and I'll tell you, we're like, yeah, ES, ESPN Plus has been really good for college baseball. College baseball has been really good for ESPN Plus. Like mm-hmm. that has been a good marriage. No doubt about it. And uh, I can't wait to see how this plays out. And hopefully we can talk about the Pirates finally make it Omaha, but we'll take one step at a time uh, for sure. Mike, thank you so much for your time and look forward to talking to you again really soon in the postseason. Always a pleasure, boys. We'll catch you down the road for sure. Sounds great. great. Take care. Thanks. All right. Good night. See ya. Always great to have uh, Rune Zong. We appreciate him uh, very much. All right. Funny one to hang out for a while there. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah. Uh, we wanted to obviously have, uh, we have some time, a few minutes, Kyle, and tomorrow's the big announcement. I know we've talked baseball here, uh, but obviously wanted to have you on. Uh, and since you're on, we wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, with the indoor practice facility. The announcement was supposed to come tomorrow. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing it, my friend. But I want to get have, you. Have, if that came from Tom, or where's that coming from that you're hearing the announcement's coming tomorrow? Uh, we had an our show with uh, Coach Mike Houston. Well, Mike Houston said next week. He didn't say that. He didn't say Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it's supposed to be Thursday. So he said that. I didn't hear him say Thursday. Did he say Thursday? That's what I've been told. It's supposed to be uh, tomorrow. So we'll see how that plays. If that's true. Well, we'll see. I know he said it on our show that it was supposed to be this coming week. And yeah, I don't know where you're getting Thursday from, but I hope you got good, uh, good intel. And um, there's only two days left in this week. So if it's going to be this week, it'll have to be tomorrow or Friday. So, hey, Bubba, have you? Hopefully, we have him back. Bubba, have you heard that? I was told Thursday for the indoor practice facility. I don't know if he, I'm sorry. I just heard the last part of that question. If you can hear me. Yeah. Are yeah. you hearing Thursday tomorrow is supposed to be the announcement for the practice facility? I, I'd heard, I mean, I'd seen you said that, I mean, I mean, Dave, but had, had Stephen Igo said that I hadn't, I've been busy. I hadn't had a chance to look at anything. I hadn't seen that. Well, I'm trying to, where, that's where I'm trying to figure where Dave's getting this information that it's going to be tomorrow from. I was listening to the radio. I mean, I, I'll have to look again and see if I can uh, find that. It was supposed to be tomorrow. Um, so let's see. Yeah, I know uh, I know. Coach said it last week on, on our show. That was the first time it was said publicly that it was going to be this week. And uh, so if, if that's going to be the truth, um, it will be tomorrow or Friday. So one of the two. Um, we uh, uh, Indoor practice facility is definitely needed. Um, you know, $20 million is, is, seems to be the number that they want to raise to make it happen. That's a lot of fundraising to be done. Between that and trying to come up with an NIL um, uh, collective. Um, no, they, we can't do that anymore. The NCAA has banned that. 
a couple of days ago. Okay. They banned that. All right. So they can't you have know, Yeah. You know how the NCAA is, they're like trying to. Well, uh, yeah. Well, they're, they're going to make sure that the little schools, you know, the, the, the you know, yeah. I, I um, well, it, it gives more money, I guess, for the practice facility. I, I, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, being no private facility will get done. Um, you know, I, I we need it. I, I really don't know what more to, to say about that other than we need it. And and uh, hopefully, the announcement will come tomorrow that the fundraising campaign has begun, and and hopefully, we'll get it built. Um, another uh, related question: As Bubba disappears again, Dave, maybe you'll have the answer. Uh, are we replacing the screen? Somebody said we're replacing the screen on the jumbotron. Is do you know if that's accurate? I don't know. I mean, I know that you and I have talked about it a lot off air um, that between on the phone and also uh, with our group chat, a group text. Yeah, but that, I read somewhere that the that the screen was being replaced. Needed. Yeah, it's, it's desperately needed. I mean, I know that what some fans don't understand is, you know, what you and I make in a living, obviously, as far as a year's salary, you know, and people say that, you know, the coaches and what they're making is outrageous and they'll say the cost of facilities, blah, blah, blah. But folks, that's the business we're that's in. We're, we're, in we're, in, we're in division one. Division I mean, one. you got to keep up with the Jones. You got to keep up with what people are um, doing. Well, that. I personally, I, I personally think the, the school board screen needs to be replaced. Um, yep. I'd like to see us go even bigger. I don't think we're going to. If the rumors I hear is true, we're just going to replace the, the, the screen on the board we have. I, I'd like to see us go even bigger and and add nicer speakers. I think it, it to me you, you in this day and age with 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 this with the newer generation, um, they're, they're, the attention span isn't there. People would rather stay home. Uh, I, I think having a nicer school board. I think having uh, a better sound system. I think. Um, I, you know, I love the the light shows. I wish we could do you know yes. you know with the LED lights and flashing and stuff. I wish we could do that. I think having a good cool. game day experience um, is important. I think they made starting with the um, South Florida game this past year. I think they made major well really with the Tulane game, and then it grew from that with the South Florida game. I think they made major strides on the music. Um, I think um, you know. Um, there's several songs that they added. I, there, there's just different things that could be done to enhance the game day experience besides just the product on the field. Excuse me. And I think I think a a nicer scoreboard. You know, people say, "Well, that scoreboard's not that old." Well, folks, that scoreboard was built in 2010. 10, yeah. It's 20, it so, yeah. So, so it was built in 2010. It's 2022 now. Okay. So you say, "Well, it's 12 years." Well, think about this: the previous scoreboard was put in in '99. And we took it down in 2010. This scoreboard right now is older. As hard as that is to believe, this scoreboard, if I'm not mistaken, the previous one was put in in 99 with, right. with the video board. Right. So this yeah, scoreboard was, is actually was, older. The 70, than, 70, go ahead. The one in, I'm sorry. The, uh, basically, give this now. The one we had in 1978, we had it from Yeah, we used it until 98. Then you're exactly yeah, then, then we put this one in in '99. Yep. Yeah, right. and and so we got rid of it in twenty. We replaced it in 2010. So it's 2022 now. So this school board is actually older, as hard as that is to believe. Yep. Than the previous one. I, I it's it, it doesn't sound right, but but it's true. 
Well, and you make a great point, Kyle, that the fact that we have COVID and right behind me here, I have a 65 inch TV and, you know, we, we have the way games, you and, you know, like that's one of my favorite times of year where you can go get a pizza. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, get, you can have your drinks. They're not too far away. Yeah, the bathroom really close by. We don't have to call. Uh, not me, dude. I'd, I'd rather be. I'd rather be. And most of the time, I'd rather be in Dottie Ficklin. I, I do enjoy away games. My my enjoyment of away games is being able to watch other games. Um, so that's what I like about away games. Yeah. Particularly if you win. Particularly if it's if you win it, then you can really enjoy the other games that are on TV. Um, so that's my favorite thing about away games, but right, that's right. Uh, I, I'm, I, I, I would rather be a Dowdy Ficklin or, you know, it, for soaking in the atmosphere, but there's a lot of people, uh, our age and younger that you, you got to make a concerted effort to get them to come out and tailgating doesn't appeal to them like it did, you know, previous generations. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think you got to be creative and, and, and one thing you can do is, is, uh, you know, replace that scoreboard. And I don't know how much that cost. And, and it may be being, does anybody know? I don't know. Can, can anybody comment down in the comments that, that, that um, did I, is, is it true that they're replacing the, the, the screen on the scoreboard or did I get bad intel on that? I, if anybody I, knows, please comment. Yeah. I haven't heard on that. No. I, I do believe that. I do agree with you. I agree with you. Long overdue. Yeah. We need a bit. You know the Kyle, yeah, we need a bigger one. We need a bigger one, but I would take I would take just a better one if they're if they're going to put a new uh, a new HD screen in on the existing school board, then then I'll take it. Um, you know, particularly problem, with trying to build an indoor practice facility. Yeah, I understand all that. I, what I would say is I would much rather have um, to raise the money and to put in because once you put that thing in, you can't replace it next year. So you're, you're, what you're going to do is you're helping yourself in the short term, but you're hurting yourself in the long term if you don't go ahead and get something state-of-the-art, like really state-of-the-art, um, and just raise the funds. If it takes an extra year or two and we get a – what would you rather have, Kyle? Let me ask you this. Because you and I both are in agreement it, it should have been replaced already, and it hasn't. So, But would you rather wait a year or two and get a really big and a bigger one and like really state-of-the-art? Or to go ahead and just replace the screen now, which would you rather have? If we weren't trying to build an indoor practice facility, I would say raise the money. But we're trying to build an indoor practice facility. If we can replace the screen with a full HD screen um, and upgrade the sound system, I would say just do that. Um, I think you you gotta you, you can't do so many things at once. So since we're trying to do an indoor practice facility, that's what I would do. Um, because you know the size, the size is okay. Um, I would like it to be bigger, but it's okay. And believe me, nobody uses it more than me. I use that video board more than anybody, and so the, the size is okay. Uh, ha having it higher definition, better picture quality to me is is the more important part. Um, because I promise you, um, anybody out there that doesn't know this, listening, I'm visually impaired. And the easiest way for me to follow the game is for me to watch it on the scoreboard with binoculars because it's it's more compact than following it on the field. So I utilize that scoreboard more than almost anybody. So bigger would be better, but better picture quality is what's most important. Well, that's one of the things that we need to, um, when we have our, our big fundraiser, we need to go ahead and say, 
all right, if we had to replace the screen now, we can do that. Um, but go ahead and put in the works for a really Mac daddy, like over the top scoreboard, because that's the kind of stuff that, like you said, Cal, the one thing that frustrates me is the, as far as the network is concerned and with the, uh, when it comes to the internet, uh, we need to have uh, the Wi-Fi. I mean, network. I mean, all throughout that stadium. It's improved. It's, it's improved. It's uh, better, but it could be. That's one of the things that the game day experience that would would help us out a lot. To me, you need. To me, that needs to come at a corporate level. Verizon, U.S. Cellular. Um, somebody could really, uh, by by making sure we have good network um, around the stadium and around the campus. Uh, you know, somebody like Verizon could really get a lot of advertisement out of that if they just, I would think, with, you know, by just making sure that we have enough network for, you know, when it's 40,000 people in there. It has improved, uh, but it would be nice if it was even better. It's not as bad as it was. There's no question about that. But now, uh, are there any other things that you would uh, like to see on the game day? Like, I, I really like the homecoming with, uh, Parmalee. Uh, yeah, was, uh, you can't do that every game, but no, that would be nice. Definitely. That would be a nice tradition to do to to have to have. You know, and it's not going to work with Parmalee every year, but if you if you could have a performance like that at halftime every now and then, I think that would be a great thing. Um, I think uh, I think the music, you know, um, uh, I think uh, adding um, was it was it is it Kickstart My Heart by, by Motley Crue that they uh, yeah. that they started playing Jumpstart My Heart. Um, Kickstart my, uh, kick my heart. Yeah, I thought that was a great addition. Getting down in a pirate town after we win or after the game's over, period. Uh, getting down in a pirate town after the games has been a great addition. Um, I don't know who thought of that, but they are, they're a freaking genius who came up with that idea. Um, I don't know who it was, but uh, he, he doesn't get, he's not going to get credit for it because he comes up with ideas all the time he doesn't get credit for. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to say who it is, but, you know, he might be on this podcast. Um, Thank you very so, much. Uh, and, and it wasn't you, Dave. Um, so, uh, you know, it's funny. If, if It's funny. If Kyle suggests getting out of the fire town, it probably doesn't happen. But when Kyle mentions it to somebody else that then goes to the right people, uh, it, it happens. And, uh, you know, we all know who that person was. And thanks for making it happen. Um, That's the most important thing. Yeah. And uh, it, it, to me, it, stuff like that, little things like that to me, you know, there's just something special about, you know, our walking out of a game. You know, people, some people love all, all we do is win. I think it's stupid and overplayed. But walking out of that stadium here and getting down in a pirate town after a win, just it, it just puts a smile on my face. Um, uh, other game day things that could improve. Uh, I, I mentioned the LED lights where you could do the flashing lights after a touchdown at night. I think that would be a really cool aspect if we could do that. Um, I don't know. It would be interesting to hear from other from other fans. That that would be an interesting discussion one night to have on here and have um, participants from the audience of things that would uh, improve the game day atmosphere. Um, you know, I think uh, food and beverage selection – uh, sometimes it's the food and beverage selection seems to be a hit or miss. Sometimes there's plenty. Sometimes it's a struggle. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of is what it is. What about, I heard a rumor of a ribbon, uh, being put up 
around the, I don't know if it was around the. About, about what being put up? A ribbon. You know where that's the. It's oh, the, ribbon boards. Yeah, ribbon boards. Yeah. Um, uh, where, where, what's it going to be doing? Running stats, giving scores for other games? What are we doing with the ribbon boards? I don't, that was my, I had just heard. Advertisements. I guess, yeah. I just heard that. Um, I, you know, I, I think it, I think if it's a way to make money, if we can do advertisements on it, great. Um, I think in between the advertisements, if we're constantly giving scores for other games, um, yep. then that's something we can take off the scoreboard and, you, you know, maybe put stats. That's you know, you, you can you can put that stuff on the ribbon board and leave more space on the screen for actual just the game. So yep. yeah, I think ribbon board. Um, I don't know what they really do to enhance the fan experience, uh, except giving scores to other games. But it's an opportunity for advertisement, which is a way to make more money, which is good for the university. No doubt about it. We're gonna we'll see how everything plays out. With if we'll see if we have an announcement. I, I don't know. That I was told Thursday, so we'll see if that happens um, tomorrow. Who told you Thursday? Is it top secret? Yeah. No, I, it I is. Heard, okay. Yeah. Um, okay. but we'll see it. We'll see. They, they've been promised. Do I know this person that told you Thursday? You may, you may. Is he uh, a friend? Is he a friend of mine? Yep. Okay. All right. I know you're talking about, um, okay. Well, we'll see. Um, but anyway, we'll see if that happens. And then as far as the pirates are concerned, uh, baseball wise, we've got another big weekend coming up, Kyle. Yeah, I think we can win the conference uh, regular season title this weekend. Um, I, yep. I'd have to look what we need to do. Uh, I, if we sweep South Florida and Houston loses. Yeah, that's correct. Bubba would know this. How many How many would Houston need to lose if we sweep South Florida the Clemson conference title this weekend? Uh, do you know? Bubba would know, but Bubba seems to have disappeared. Yeah, maybe uh, they have to. You know, they lose two out of three, I think. I think that's okay. And we sweep South Florida. I, I yeah. You know, um, I, you know, part of me, I hope we sweep South Florida, but part of me, just for the excitement of it, hopes Houston, uh, hopes conference championships on the line uh, at, when Houston comes to town, just for the excitement of it. We sweep South Florida, Houston sweeps. Uh, I don't even know Houston plays this weekend. UCF maybe. Um, yeah, UCF. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I, uh, I. I, I guess you want to wrap it up as soon as you can. So if we can wrap it up this weekend, great. Um, but yeah, a couple of big weekends coming up for the Pirates. We need to, you know, beating Duke was big. It got us to thirty-one wins. Um, yeah, we could get you know, thirty-four by the weekend. Yeah, if you can sweep this weekend, you get to thirty-four. Um, so you know, we're we're looking in. I really was shocked, you know, uh, that we jumped from the fifties to the thirties in the RPI over the last well, two weeks. Um, so um, I don't know how much more we can climb in the RPI. We may be kind of just steady where we are, but um, I think a regular season conference title and 35 plus wins uh, with who we are uh, is going to get us in the, uh, the NCAA tournament, no matter what we do in um, Clearwater. Yeah, and we could have a chance even if we win a couple games in Clearwater, we could be in the low 40s as far as wins. So we'll see how that uh, plays out. How about this for Johnny Robertson? Uh, nice to meet you at the Journey Show, by the way. Uh, he actually came out, brought his wife out. Uh, Johnny did uh, trial by fire. He said, we've played Cincinnati 15 times since the last time that we played Houston. 
How about that, Kel? Wow, that's um, that's weird. <laughs> I didn't know. Is that, is, that, is that accurate? Is have we really played them fifteen times since the last time we played Houston? I know we played them six played times them. at least since the last time we played Houston. Well, he, yeah, because uh, remember last uh, fifteen? Yeah, he's talking about fifteen games. I, I assume is what he means when he says fifteen times because we had the yeah the four we had the what was it the four game deal last year? So Here, probably, yeah. It probably is. It probably is. Yeah, we didn't play them last year. That we we flew out there and the, and the series was yeah. canceled. So yeah, yeah, that's probably exactly right. So uh, that's that's extremely interesting. Um, well, don't hold your breath, Johnny. Uh, we, who knows what might happen between now and uh, next yeah. weekend? We might, not, we might not play Houston again. Who the hell knows? <laughs> it's like a cliffhanger, like a a male soap opera, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great stuff. He, he absolutely is accurate. He said 15. Hey, speaking, of, speaking of the journey show, how did the Elvis show go this past Sunday? We did great. Uh, thank great. you for asking. We had right. um, did well, and we were looking to have him back um, around Christmas time. He does a Christmas show, so you'll have to come out, Kyle, uh, for that. We have chairman of the board. Those of you that are chairman of the board fans, we'll have them Saturday night, June the 11th, our summer kickoff party, and we'll have that, and that's going to be at the Bob Martin Ag Center in Williamston. We'll have my good friend, Special guest Nikki Harris is opening up for the show, and uh, tickets are only $20 now in advance and $25 at the door. We're going to have tickets coming up very soon next week. Uh, that'll be Porky's Backyard Barbecue in Williamston and downtown at the Martin County Chamber of Commerce. And uh, so those, those two great ticket outlets there, or you can simply get your tickets at innovativeticketing.com and you can search for Chairman of the Board. Well, I hope it does well. Um, I uh, I'm waiting for you to announce a, a you know a country show something something more up my alley. Um, well, I don't have the kind of money that I need to have. Uncle, Kyle. Me, look up Still Woods. Look up Still Woods. Still Woods is you know I, I got some ideas for you. I got some ideas for you that you know. I have no. I yeah, draw well. I have no issues with as you know. I love country music. I have no issues. It's the amount of money that it costs to bring some of the bands in that's what it comes down to is there's a thing called guarantee. So if their guarantee is say, you know, somebody try. told me that, you know, Nico moon played the barbecue festival and I wouldn't kick a hog in the ass for Nico moon pop country. It ain't my thing. But somebody told me that Nico moon, and I, I have trouble believing this, not that they lied, just that it was bad information. Somebody told me the Nico moon uh, booking fee was 200 grand and I cannot imagine wow, Nico Moon being a one hit wonder. Now granted his number one hit was a year ago, but it's still only one hit. I cannot imagine that Nico Moon's worth 200 grand. I, I can think of a whole bunch of other people you could book for 200 grand that would outdraw Nico Moon. That's for sure. I, I, I Things I, are crazy and anything's possible if we learn anything about COVID, but that does sound kind of steep, but I'm not, uh, I would think he'd be in the fifty to sixty thousand dollar range. Yeah. I, I mean that that you know I don't I that that that's that's nuts to me. Um, I so but uh, I don't even speaking of I, speaking of we're we're way off subject here, Dave. But uh, I bought several concert tickets here recently. Um, you know, Travis Trick coming to Duplin County Event Center for those of you in uh, Eastern North Carolina. A lot of other good concerts going on out okay. there. Um, but. Hopefully, chairman of the board draws well. Beach music just ain't my thing. Um, but I do think it'll do better than uh, – I think it'll be your best drawing show so far. 
that's that's the idea and i think a lot of people are going to come and we'll come and we'll great what we're going to do is take a break from the summer uh, shows we're not going to compete against summer vacation so we're going to take a vacation ourselves from doing shows and it'll be november will be our next show there's a 80s tribute band called cassette rewind out of charlotte i thought you were going to have uh i thought you were going to have um the learn scanner tribute band coming in uh september We'll see. Uh, there's nothing on the books right now. I don't like to talk about things that haven't been. Now, see that one. That one, I think my draw. I, I'll go to that. You, you, uh, you, you book second helping. Um, I'll, 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 uh, I'll come Actually, to that. Tuesday's gone. Tuesday's gone. Huh? Tuesday's gone. So you know you weren't looking at now. Second helping's supposed to be the premier Leonard Skinner tribute band. Well, Tuesday's gone's out of Raleigh, and so the folks um, we're working with the folks at the State Theater. Uh, so hopefully, we can bring them in and um, and Greenville and the Tell the State Theater to uh, to book some damn people I want to go see. They had Robert Earl Keane, and yeah. I would have went to that. That was in the middle of a damn snowstorm. Um, but uh, you know, I you know there, there's some you know again Still Woods guys, State Theater. If you're listening, I think Still Woods would draw well around here, and to me, they would be the perfect. Perfect, perfect venue to host uh, those guys. Yeah, there's no question there. I'm, I'm not saying they're not good. You just have to uh, come up with the money. Do you have anything uh, before we go, my friend? Uh, no, just, you know, as we discussed earlier before uh, on, the, on the podcast and before the show about, you know, I, I personally hope that the unlimited scholarship thing does not happen. I think it would be a disaster for football, particularly yep. for the group of five level. Um, I really believe that we are headed towards a split. Um, I think there's going to be three levels of Division One football, um, and I think it's coming probably faster than people think. And uh, at some point, I'm going to say screw it and embrace it. I'd, I'd rather, like I said in the in the text earlier, I'd rather compete for national championships with Marshall and Southern Miss and App State and Navy and Temple, and uh, and watch uh, NC State. And Ole Miss go two and ten because if this happens, the lower level Power Five schools are going to struggle. You'll you'll the rich is only going to get richer, and then the those who still try to compete at that level, who really compete now only at a mid level, are really going to struggle. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next five to ten years. But I really see a, a, a split coming like the, the split in the 70s when it went from 1A to 1AA, I really think we're going to have three levels of Division One football. And um, I think it's going to be a sad day, but I think at some point you just got to embrace it. Okay, we got one final thing. Craig, Bubba's not here to defend himself, but he says, as part of the indoor practice facility funding, can we upgrade Bubba's internet? So um, You know what? That's, um, that, that Maybe we can do a GoFundMe. We can do a GoFundMe. <laughs> to uh to upgrade Bubba's and well let me tell you see here's the thing about Bubba Bubba's a great guy and Bubba's a hardworking guy he's one of the hardest working people you ever meet in your life Absolutely. nobody's gonna outwork Bubba nobody's gonna outwork Bubba but that and, and he's not that he's cheap but he's very budget aware so I guarantee you Bubba got the cheapest internet plan available through his cable company and so well that's enough speed that's that that'll do it right there that that's enough speed and think- uh. It's something with his phone, actually. I don't think it's. Yeah, I no, think it's I'm, I'm going with I'm going with my theory. So what do you think? I'm going with. Are you saying HughesNet? 
You know, he got using it. Got a mighty pit. No, no, no. I, I think he's got. A, I know he's got a good company. I, you know, he's got. He's got. You know, whoever, whatever the cable company in his area is. But you know, they offer different speed packages, and I, I bet you he's got one of the lower tier speed packages. All right, we'll have to. Let's we'll see. By the Bubba's asking if we're still on the air. He's texting me. Uh, he needs to come <laughs> on. Defend yourself, yourself, Bubba, my friend, because uh, we're not. I'm not anti Bubba at all. And, I, I, he was having some phone issues earlier. Uh, using That's because he's probably he's probably probably because he's on a he's on a, um, a on, on a Motorola Razor probably because again, like I said, he's very he's very frugal. Um, I, uh, I mean, you know, he's got an iPhone. He's got an iPhone. Uh, he's got an iPhone five. I don't know. Well, Dave, you were rocking the seven not long ago, so I, I don't know. You probably can't talk much there. No, I have a SE. Oh, yeah, the SE. Oh, there you go. Yeah, two years ago, I got the SE, but I mean, I, I need to upgrade at some point. Um, hey, if it works, if it works and you can still get all the, I've been on the, uh, my wife, um, we, we, we both have the, um, oh, God, what do we have? Um, the XR. And my wife keeps wanting yeah. to upgrade from the XR. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with that? It's fine. It does everything. It, until it's, I, I, I'm done with I used to be about upgrading the iPhone every time a new one came out. There was something about when I got to the point of the XR, I was done upgrading. When, when it becomes obsolete or when G5 becomes widespread in Wayne, Lenore, and Pitt County, then I'll worry about upgrading to a phone that's G5 capable. But right now, where can you get G5 except maybe right in the middle of downtown Greenville? Hey, by the way, Bubba said he's frugal. Frugal, yeah. Isn't that what I said? He said he's LOL frugal. <laughs> did, did I use the word wrong? I know I pronounce words wrong all the time. Isn't frugal the correct pronunciation? Yes. No, you didn't say it wrong. Okay. No. okay. He's got a Samsung Galaxy 20. 20, 20 plus. plus. I don't even know what the hell that is. I don't, you know, I've, I've been an Apple user. Okay. I've been an Apple user for so long. I don't know what a Samsung Galaxy 20 Plus is, but uh, it sounds uh, it sounds good. Um, well, then, Bubba, we're back to your internet sucking. Yeah, he said he would never own, uh, and he's never owned one and never owned an iPhone. But I'll tell you what I like about Apple, and I'm not anti. Let me make it very clear: I'm not anti Samsung or Android. My only thing is with Android, well, I'm glad you made that clear because I'd hate for those Android and Samsung people to come down on us. No, I was just I've had some really crappy Android phones over the years um but the iphone uh he doesn't like iphones but the iphones actually have been a lot better for me the processor has been better i think well i'll tell you what i like about the iphone dave there, there, it's a negative and a positive um it, it's very hard to hack an iphone or get a virus on an iphone you can on a lot of android phones uh but the 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 Android store doesn't police your apps. There's a lot of apps that are available through Android that Apple will not let you download. So to me, that's the advantage of Android. The advantage of Apple is the security. Um, nobody is going to hack your iPhone. There you go, Bubba. Come on. Come on. Join join us. <laughs> and based on me and Bubba, I, I don't, uh, Bubba's probably not going to try to download any app that's not allowed. So he doesn't need an Android phone. <laughs> That's true. No doubt. Well, we've had a lot of fun tonight. Don't forget about Extra Innings brought to you by 
Our good friends at Next Level Training Center will have them again on, it'll be Sunday or, or Monday. We'll see how uh, that plays out. And we appreciate uh, all the fine folks from Next Level. They've been great. Trent Brent, Gaynell Brent, all the great coaches. They do extra. They do so much uh, great work for the kids in Pitt County and uh, surrounding uh, counties for that. So we appreciate them very much. And that'll be on Sunday or Monday. We'll have that. Well, hopefully we can be talking about the Pirates. Winning this weekend, we'll see how that plays out. Pirates are right now 31 and 18, and of course, the big one uh, this weekend the series against uh, home South Florida. As we have South Florida, Campbell, and Houston are the seven games we have left, Kyle. So, we're looking forward to that homestand and a great way to hopefully we can be talking about winning the regular season uh, this weekend, and uh, certainly uh, we'll, we'll top it off as my daughter likes to say with a cherry on top with uh, Houston next weekend. How about that, Kyle? Sounds good to me. And I uh, want to say thanks to everybody. Uh, there's Bubba. want to say thanks to everybody uh, that, that has kept me in their thoughts and prayers. Tentatively good news um, today. Got to find out some more information. But um, tentatively, tentatively good news. Hopefully I'll find out more tomorrow. But um, – Tentatively good news uh, for those of you um, who know, you know. And uh, so thanks to everybody who uh, has kept me in their thoughts and prayers. No doubt, dude. We have been and uh, glad to hear that. And uh, want you around for a long, 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 long time. Cutting wrestling promos right here on the Sports Objective. All right. want to thank no Mike. Thanks, uh, thanks to Bubba for setting that up and uh, being an awesome producer. And uh, we made it through the show. We had, uh, before we started the show, we had a lot of technical issues. So uh, it's better late than never. Kyle, thanks, man. Appreciate you being on. Uh, we'll see how the Pirates do. Join us this weekend for extra innings. And we'll see you next time on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And as always, go Pirates. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a Everybody stand up, keep your hands up, let our team know the